Today's TribCast is presented by Texas Performing Arts. Our Trojan War explores epic Greek drama and literature scenes alongside compelling questions on modern democracy. Appearing March 22nd and 23rd at McCullough Theater. Learn more at texasperformingarts.org. And the New York Times. On Saturday, March 11th, the New York Times comes to Austin with a day of live talks featuring executive editor Dean Baquet. Learn more at nythq.splashthat.com. Texas talking, oh, what was that that you said? Texas talking, ah, oh, gonna hoop upside your head. Texas talking, tell me who can you trust when Texas guys are Texas guys talking. Hi, it's Anna Marie Cox, and I'm the host of the podcast with friends like these. And you know what? Evan might come on that podcast someday because he's sort of like a friend. Meanwhile, here's the TribCast. And here's your host, Emily Ramshaw. Thank you. This is Emily Ramshaw here with the TribCast for the second week of March. Apologies for the head cold. I sound like a frog. Uh, I'm here... I'm joined by CEO Evan Smith. I want to spend until Ron shows up. I want to spend the first part of the podcast talking about the hip hop shows that Svitek intends to go to for the next couple next couple weeks in Uh, order. I want you to rank them in order. Did you get your platinum badge? I don't I've, think so. I have my press pass because I'm, I'm covering parts of it for us. I oh, you're covering the Chance the Rapper show for sure. <laughs> <the Tribune? laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Politics and policy. Where is, Tri- recently, where is you know, Chance the Rapper on civil asset on, forfeiture? Exactly. He's been weighing in on public education debates in he, Illinois he recently. Donated so. a million dollars. A million dollars to, so. to, to public CPS, ed in Chicago. There may be a Texas I, angle there. I, brother, I, 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 I want some of that Chance the Rapper money for the Tribune. I saw you tweet about him funding CPS, and I was like, Child Protective Services? I know. That's when you know you are too far down in the upside down. Right, no. that's it. <laughs> uh, political reporter Patrick Svitek. Uh, good morning. Hip hop enthusiast. Uh, good. It's almost afternoon since you guys have so, all been so, so just late to be to clear on this, you would go to the salon sh- if there is in fact a secret salon show. You would go to that show. Sure. Why yeah. not? Would you go to the to Frank that. Ocean show? I would go to any show. I'm open to. I'm open to any. Exactly. <laughs> any any of you hip hop people want to invite Svitek? <laughs> uh, my husband has three film premieres at South by Southwest this week, so you should go to some of those. Okay. Off topic. Sponsored <laughs> content. <laughs> Come on. That's that's off topic. Uh, my baby is appearing in one film. That's true. We are fil- we are currently chubbing because Ross just like is stuck so in South by traffic. You and know can't that get my whole sa- my South by is basically TV tapings. Would you like to know about my TV tapings? Speaking, Go for it, yeah. speaking of Dean humble Beck- br- humble brags, <laughs> totally on, totally on topic. <laughs> Dean Beck, editor of the New York Times, Chuck Todd, those are two good tapings. True. Better than that, Giancarlo Esposito, not yet announced. That will be a taping. I don't even know who that is. Do you know is. that Breaking is? some news here do you today. Know that is? I do not know. <laughs> you don't know who that is? <laughs> Me either. <laughs> you better chuck for Fring Ross. on um, Breaking Bad. Mm. Oh, really? Oh, well, I know Gus Fring. Is and also, Breaking he's Bad. been in the yeah. Spike Lee movies. Do you know who Spike Lee is? Yeah, I do know who Spike Lee is. Me yeah. too. Which of the Spike Lee movies have you seen? I saw, actually, I saw his most recent one, the one about Chicago. <laughs> the Chi-Town. Chirac. 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 I was going to make it. Is that the kid say, in Moonlight? Yeah. Is that who that is? I no, forgot who the no. specific actor is. I was going to say but... Brokeback Mountain. Just kidding. No, that's Ang Lee. That's somebody else. <laughs> yes. Wrong Lee. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, we are going to talk Let's about. Let's just screw Ross. We're, yeah, we're waiting for Ross. We're not going to talk about the bathroom bill yet, even though everyone on Facebook wants to talk about it. Want to talk about why Patrick hates Strauss? <laughs> not this Patrick. Oh. <laughs> Wrong Patrick. Uh, I do want to talk about, Patrick, a story uh, that you wrote on Friday that um, we've been talking about a little bit over the weekend, and that is 
is a look at Dan Patrick's fragile relationship with the Texas House right now. It seems to be escalating, getting more fiery. What can you tell us? Where, where, what are sort of the origins? And is this whole thing made up by the media, i.e. you? Sure. <laughs> well, anyone can read the quotes in the story and make their, make their own conclusions about uh, kind of what Dan Patrick's attitude has been toward the House as of late. He's done a number of media appearances where he's kind of hardly concealed his irritation with the fact that the House is showing very little appetite for some of these issues he really cares uh, a lot about, like school choice, like the bathroom bill. And, uh, you know, again, as we point out in the story, he hasn't been directly criticizing the House. Um, but he's been making throwing some shade. Very, yeah, throwing some shade <laughs> would be an appropriate <laughs> way to put it. Don't you think, though, that Patrick and Strauss, over, over the years in, of their relationship as co-leaders, and it's really just the last session and this mm -hmm. session, have, have tended to be much more gentle with one another and to I think so. deny I think aggressively so. that there was any tension, and things seem to have spilled yeah. out a little bit more into yeah. the open I, this time. Yeah, I, I do. I do think that's probably the key point there about what may be different. I think it's it may be difficult to compare this to last session because there was such a huge turnover in, in you know statewide government, and there was a big period of transition, and so I don't I forgot what the rhetorical contours of, were of the last session, but they're probably a little different. But this time around, it definitely seems like um, Patrick, Patrick early on in the session has been more willing to kind of give voice to these frustrations. Um, and this is just not recent media appearances. You can go all the way back to when he criticized the, the House budget proposal, saying it didn't make sense to him or didn't add up, basically. Um, and then, you know, he you know he was at that school choice rally with Governor Abbott on the, the steps of the Capitol, demanded that the House uh, give a vote uh, to school choice this session. And so it's been building for a while, certainly. And, and the fact is, it's not just Strauss and Patrick, but they've each got a chamber full of seconds. In the West Side Story knife fight has emerged. <laughs> in this right everybody in the house has is casting a, a you know a gimlet eye to the senate and everybody in the senate is casting such an eye to the mm -hmm. house i actually think the house versus senate tension which we always talk about or we perhaps manufacture or wish for secretly mm -hmm. or not so secretly here in the press universe is actually a thing this time absolutely you know, the tension yeah. the tension line or the fault <laughs> line has arrived exactly happy birthday prompt how are you? Ross right. has made it to the trade cast. So here's what you have to do. In, nice, in, nice windscreen. Having uh, <laughs> having arrived late, you now have to sing happy birthday to Tyler Norris. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> he's the second person who's refused I'm gonna, to do I'm going to spare Tyler the pain of that on his are own. You, he's he's having a good I day. I thought you were a musician, which is, I guess is different than a singer. Well, all right, right. so back, back to Patrick's story. There were some pretty um, incredible quotes in this story. I mean, like Lyle Larson, for example. Yeah, I mean, he just said, you know, whenever someone's uh, b taking a browbeating approach to governance, that doesn't usually work. Uh, you who's know, there. Who's he talking yeah, about? Yeah, exactly. And that was in response yeah. to questions about Dan Patrick. <laughs> Which <laughs> brow? So, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, members of House leadership, they look at these uh, interviews that you know Patrick's been giving, uh, often to very to conservative audiences on the radio, and they look at some of his other public statements, and you know, they say, you know, this is not persuasive, and in fact, it almost makes us want to dig our heels in even more. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I think these two legislators of leaders, Dan Patrick and Joe Strauss, they're in some ways more emboldened than ever this session in their own rights. I mean, you have Strauss, who got a unanimous uh, vote of confidence at the beginning of the session, um, and you have Dan Patrick, who, you know, is constantly, uh, you know, looking at uh, polling and public opinion and believes that the, you know, the electorate or at least the, the public is behind him on so many of these issues that he says he's fighting for. So, you know, they're kind of charting their own course very, you know, very confidently. Ross, is it unusual at all that the you know for the Senate have to have sort of moved on these high priority issues and for the House to be farther behind on them at this juncture? I mean, is the whole sort no. of premise that they're you know no, late? The, the one that's weird here is that the House is making noises. Actually, not making noises. Strauss said yesterday that the House might pass its budget in front of the Senate, mm -hmm. and it's the Senate's turn to go first. This mm -hmm. goes back and forth, 
And that's basically him spurring him, saying, you know, if you guys want to stall on the budget, we're going to race past you. And yeah. that's, you know, that's kind of a disturbance in the force. But the, the whole thing of the one house or the other going quicker and, you know, some version of we're going to send our stuff over there really fast and show how much you're not working is another way of saying we're going to send you a bunch of hostages you can hold until the end of the session. So. Right. Well, I think the Senate last time, though, very much like this time, effectively institutionally passed a bunch of stuff early and then stood there with their arms folded, staring at the House, saying your move. Bullock, That's what happened last time. Yeah, Bullock did this. And it's it, not you know, the first time some, it's ever happened Sometimes in it works, sometimes it doesn't. But, but it is a hallmark of the Patrick era that Patrick believes we're going to prove how efficiently and how unanimously we are aligned— we're going to move stuff over to the House, and then we're essentially going to dare the House not to move on it, and we're going to cause a lot of people from the outside to put pressure on the House to act. It matters a lot more in the 12 blocks around the Texas Capitol than outside the 12 blocks around the Texas Capitol. You may Capitol. even be exaggerating the number of blocks. I don't, I don't think Four anybody blocks. outside the Capitol gives a hoot about Stops this. Stops at 8th. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, the, the bathroom bill and the school choice bill and the sanctuary cities bill are, to my mind at least, the three big Sure. Emblems of this. And the trend. I, I and put the budget in that list. Well, but the budget is really kind of a bigger. I, but, but they I have to the, pass the budget. They don't have to pass anything. There's any a of the lot of things. conversation in the Capitol, um, which is why I was late. I was over at the Capitol all morning. Um, sure. Likely a, story. Yeah, I overslept. <laughs> you're, you're, uh, at, you're at Brandy's spin class. I just slept in, right. <laughs> that starts at 5 30. I was in Brandy's spin class. I <laughs> wouldn't be walking. Okay. Um, the. the Talking the Capitol, a lot of it is, you know, do you think we'll pass a budget during the regular session? And I think there's a lot of um, brinksmanship. What would keep them from the, from passing a budget in the regular session? Obstreperousness. I mean, you know, they're just mm, um, nice, they're, it's a staring it's a staring contest. Do and you that, think that one side will will hold, hold the budget hostage over the failure of the other side to pass one of these bills? Depends on how mad the Senate gets. That's the conversation. I don't think that that'll actually come to pass. I don't think that they'll actually do that, but that's the conversation. But there's chest puffery right now. Well, you know, Patrick said before the session started that he wanted a voucher bill as a condition of, you know, he thought a voucher bill was an important part of school finance, was an important part of the budget, and he's got those things kind of linked in the minds of his political handlers, and, you know, we'll see how it goes. Can I I ask a question of Ross on on the choice of his word just now? So are you now resigned to just calling the Senate's bill a voucher bill? As opposed to calling it school choice? Uh, you know, this, has a, a this has a Dr. Seuss quality, right? This has been around for 30 years. They keep renaming it and refashioning it a little I bit. I thought I would just put our email and, fights out into the open. And, <laughs> and, you know, would you like it on a boat? Would you like it with a goat? You know, it's kind of that thing. And this time, the way it presents Sounds is— Sounds like as, my, my home life right now. Is it, right. right. Uh, <laughs> educational savings accounts is, you know, another— way to do a voucher. It's not a paper voucher in the classic dictionary sense. It's not a voucher. It is a way way to use taxpayer education money for private parochial or home schools. And so the idea is essentially the same. The, you think it's the, lipstick on the pig, relatively speaking? Guys, not necessarily. I just we're think getting it's a, bored. It's, a, it's another. It's another way to. It's another way to to try to. Oh my God! Do I this. It's International Work for a Woman Day, so I have to. I Actually, have to. it's International Women are supposed to stay home in bed day, and here I am. You know, every day. Every day, I want to point out that every day at the Texas Tribune is we appreciate Women Day. Why do we have to have a holiday? Wow, that's What's a fatal a, remark. Yeah, no, luck out there, buddy. If you're watching I mean, on I'm Facebook, old alone. No, I, 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 I support the idea of the day, but I just think, why are we call, where, 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 it Julia seems crazy Noel to me. Smith, if you're watching on Facebook, <laughs> your it's, un, it's unfair that you great. get only one day. Why well, don't you get every day? Try, good Come try, on. good try. 
uh, one other. Can we go back and talk about hip hop again? One other note from Patrick's story that I thought was really interesting was that the house, there are house lawmakers who are say that you know Abbott has been throwing shade their way too. Yeah, well, I think that the sentiment shared there was that this idea of browbeating coming from some of the, the state leaders also extends, uh, you know, from, from Patrick to Abbott, who Abbott has been on a few very specific issues, has not been restrained in having very sharp words for, for uh, lawmakers. You know, pre-K is a great example. I obviously called them out on it. They basically thought his state of the state was condescending. Exactly, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that sentiment I mean, just extends governor. to him. I like that but, has not been restrained. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of restrained. That's, exactly. That's yes, very Mr. Um, restrained. <laughs> over there. Uh, all right. Well, uh, obviously, one of the biggest area now that we have Ross here, we can talk about the bathroom bill. Oh, uh, boy. I know. Great. We waited for you. What I didn't stay till up till 4.50 like Alexa did. Uh, she Lord. stayed up later than 4.50. Did anybody else stay up as late as Alexa did on this no, day? No, we, sure. we woke up. We woke up. I woke up like five minutes right. after it uh, passed. Our, our right. night editor, Robert Inks, was, had to edit her story at 4.50 right. a.m. Or one of those things. Uh, anyway, uh, you know this this vote basically that we had super early in the morning capped off a full day and night of testimony. Um, what was the scene like over there? Are any of you over there? I, you know, I'm no, but uh, watching Alexa's story and you know just I mean going through the photography of it, there were a lot of people. They were in a small committee room, so the Senate's learned not to hold big noisy things in the chamber um you know they they could have held right, they normally it unusual do. don't they normally hold us well they often do they don't nor you know normally is hard to pin but you know this committee doesn't ordinarily meet in the chamber but sometimes for big events you'll see them yeah. do that they didn't on this one and it had a way of restricting the crowd flow and you know um probably to the advantage of the people in elected office sitting behind the uh, dais. Did, did the testimony make a difference? Emily asked a good question this morning whether the kind of emotional testimony that we heard yesterday, no questioning the sincerity of it. I mean, they had hundreds does it, of people. Does it ultimately right. have any impact? Could you have called this vote prior to the testimony? Yes. Well, those are two different questions. You could have called this vote, yes. Um, it ultimately might have an impact. I mean, people in that committee and outside that committee who were watching it, and I'm talking about legislators right now, are seeing people for the first time that they've never really seen. And they're seeing them in numbers that they've never really seen. And when you are looking at this and you're saying, whatever your position on this is, if you're looking at a doctor with a beard who is, um, whose birth certificate says female, and you say, this is the or person I'm going to send into my daughter's bathroom, or you're looking you know, the other way. I mean, you're, you're seeing, you're putting a face on this thing. It's not a hypothetical you are uh, going through this testimony looking for a case where it was dangerous to be in a bathroom because of transgender people. Um, I, I think it could ultimately uh, change the debate in that way. It wasn't going to change that committee. There was no way to change that committee. And, and, so the and in that was, way, it was, the vote was seven to one. Seven, seven to one. one. Seven was Zaffarini. And one right. was the was Zaffarini. Zaffarini. Schwartner was not there, but he uh, basically said, I, "Mark me down as a yes." So right. it would, if he were there, it would have been eight, eight to one. one. And so the only the only other Democrat on that committee was. Couldn't have uh, just was been it Zaffarini. Rodriguez? Was well, it Lucio? Well, Lucio. Lucio was, on the and Lucio yeah, was with, yeah. with the right. Yeah, yeah, he was a yes. Right. So there were two Democrats on that committee: Lucio and Zaffarini. Zaffarini was the one no. This is a right. perennial question. When you bring an issue like this. Or, you know, when you bring an issue to the Texas legislature, does testimony matter? And does, you know, do legislators generally walk into these things with their minds made up? On this one, I think they did. I think sometimes there are instances where you walk into a committee hearing on whatever, on, you know, pick an issue out of the air, 
And they, you know, there's a number of them who actually haven't made up their minds, and they hear the testimony and they go, "Huh, I guess I'll vote this way." But I think that's on minor legislation. I mean, I have never, in, I mean, you know, in all my experience covering the legislature, I've never been in a testimony room for, you know, something super politically charged and had a lawmaker stop and say, "Gosh, you know, you you really made your case and it, persuaded me." The big exception in my mind is it changed the tort reform hearings. Hmm, you know, when the first first round of tort reform hearings came up, the first set of cases that the trial lawyers brought in to the legislature to say, here's why we should have these kinds of cases, were Republicans who'd won cases. There were a lot of breast implant victims, there were a lot of businesses, and a lot of Republican senators turned their heads. What does it mean, you know, the, we, Morgan Smith on our staff had a really interesting uh, profile of, of Eddie Lucio, the senator. Right. There's also Eddie Lucio in the House, uh, the son of Eddie Lucio, the senator. Uh, Eddie Lucio, the senator, obviously— I'm so glad I wasn't, like, against my dad in a legislature. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, let's talk about how <laughs> awkward that is and how weird the holidays must be. But, but Eddie Lucio obviously has a history of voting this way on social issues, correct? Eddie Sr. Sr. Eddie, I guess Eddie Lucio Jr. Uh, well, yeah. he was you know, on the a bill that became the point of contention in the Davis filibuster. Right. Lucio was a vote with the other side on that with the Republicans. He's often, right. he's a Democrat, but he's often a social conservative mm -hmm. and, you know, sometimes switches on those v bills. Very um, religious. Same-sex marriage, the, abortion. I mean, he, He's the guy, I mean, frankly, if you're looking in the Senate and you've got something that's a party-line vote, you look at Lucio and see which way is he going to go. He's in, about the only one In the one same way that you look off, at, you know, right? yeah. uh, Kennedy in the Supreme Court mm -hmm. or, yeah. you know. He's that kind of a, he's a swing vote. But his son had to basically play defense, you know, yesterday because he, everybody well, apparently was having confused. the same name means you get all the calls. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. And he basically put out a statement that said, you know, obviously I love and respect my dad, but we totally disagree. I, I love, I love the tone of his statement. I thought it was entirely. I thought it was spot on. Absolutely. Right. I mean, he, I love my dad, but. Yeah. Right. He didn't throw his dad under the bus. You know, Dan Patrick is now going to claim this was a bipartisan bill. Right. <laughs> it may <laughs> you know. be the only Democratic vote he gets for this bill, even if it gets to Abs the floor of the Senate and the House. It may well, now it looks like it can, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, looking at the math. Well, it gets to the floor of the Senate. Yeah. It passed the Senate. It gets to the floor of the House, I should say. Oh, floor of the House. The yeah. likelihood of it getting any Democratic votes. I'm not aware of a vote in the, in the House. You want to double down on the beer bet? Does it get to the floor of the House? No. What's the bet? I forgot the bet we already had. Did oh, do you already? I have didn't a bet think on it this? would get out of the Senate. So, oh, so I'm I'm on the winning end. You're of on this. the winning end. No, of this. I don't yeah. want to double down. I just want my damn beer. But, <laughs> but to be clear, I'd now it like looks like down. it'll definitely get to the floor of the what, Senate. What is your? What would you yeah. double down right, yeah. on? You would say, does it get? Out I don't of think committee it gets to the house? floor of the House. Oh, I, I would be. I would bet that also. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I think that the likelihood the thing that of it could getting... change the thing that changes that is if Greg Abbott comes out and says, "I'm for that bill. I want to see it on my desk." Sorry. There's a Facebook uh, listener who just said, would love to hear Emily be given a chance to host and moderate more without as many interruptions. <laughs> Hi, Becky. <laughs> That's right. Cole. It's International Man Casting Day. <laughs> right. Uh, a couple questions from Facebook. Um, uh, can you please explain in detail what the process is now for the bathroom bill? Well, it goes to the full Senate. Um, the Where they're expected governor, to pass it. The right. lieutenant governor said, I guess, yesterday that Next week is when it'll go to the Senate. Uh, it comes out of the Senate. It goes to the House. The Speaker refers it to a committee, right, committee to be named. Right. That committee, you know, does what it does. If that committee passes it, it goes to the Calendars Committee. If the Calendars Committee puts it on the calendar, then it goes to the floor. Where is it going to go? What, what committee? And, and why is where it ends up meaningful? Which calendar, or which committee it ends up with meaningful? Is it a friendly committee or an unfriendly committee? Is the, what's the composition State of the committee? Affairs. What's the, you know, what are the votes on the committee it goes to? You know, and I frankly haven't seen any really great detailed vote counting in the House. So that, yeah. you know, 
I mean, we knew going into the Senate committee that it was either seven to two or eight to one, and it turned out to be eight to one if you count Schwartner. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know what the counts are in the House committee. You know, ordinarily the committee for this would be state affairs, but you can argue it's only in public buildings. It's mainly about schools. Send it to public education, or you could argue. Oh yeah, because you doesn't about, have anything else on his plate. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you can send it. Well, oh you know, God. if you didn't want it to Daniel go anywhere, his arrhythmia just got worse. <laughs> if you didn't really want it to go anywhere, you could send it to a busy committee and argue time. You know, I mean, there's a million ways to kill a bill, and it's got to go to state affairs. No, it doesn't have to go anywhere. Don't you think? He can do whatever. I mean, whatever. It, I know it doesn't have to technically, Poindexter. I'm talking about literally. What do you think it will go to? I think it'll go to state affairs, but I wouldn't bet on it. I see. I'd bet on that. Okay, there's another beer. You want to double down on that? <laughs> want that to be the double down? No, I, I don't know that it won't. But, I, yeah. you know, I think that, you know, we'll know a lot about the condition of this thing in the House when we see just what committee it's assigned to. Mm-hmm. All right, well, you just brought up school finance, so let's pivot for a couple minutes away from bathrooms, despite the toilet paper on our microphones. Uh, House Public Ed Chair Dan Huberty this week unveiled a $1.6 billion plan that he described as basically a first step to overhauling the state's uh, school finance system. What what does it do? What does it do and what doesn't it do? It puts more money into the per-pupil spending that the state does on schools. And it, you know, um, we'll come to where that get, where they get that money in a minute. But it spends, you know, $1.6 billion on that. That takes pressure off of local schools to spend that money. And it takes pressure off of districts that have to send money back in. The so-called recapture districts will have to send in, I think it's $163 million less in the first year and something larger than that the second year. So basically, if the state, you know, pushes down its side of the waterbed, uh, it eases things on local uh, school districts and eases pressure on those school districts to raise their taxes. Um, they get the money, though, from local property value increases. So if the state had decided they were going to hold their share of school finance spending, um, they'd be spending, they'd have spent $18.6 billion more over the last decade than they did. Said they sloughed that off, shifted those costs to locals. This time, because of rising property values, the state doesn't have to spend $3.6 billion it would have to spend without those property values. So the House is basically saying we're not going to, st- the Senate's saying we're going to steal all that money. The House is saying we're going to steal all but $1.6 billion and they're going to put that back into the system. And how far would a plan like this go toward meeting what the sort of courts have said, which is basically that the school finance system is broken, we're not giving you the tools to fix it, but it needs to be fixed? They're just putting more um, money into the aforementioned broken system. Mm-hmm. They're not They're not really, I mean, they're making some changes in the system, but they're not making the kind of um, overhaul changes that and are going to make this actually, a new machine. Huberty telegraphed this last week when he told right. me and, and told the world that he intended not to see a school finance fix happen within the footprint of one session. Right. That it was a multi-session fix, that it may actually go out far enough that a different committee chair ultimately carries it across the Wouldn't he line. like that to be the right. case? Right. <laughs> well, he might, if he gets right. the bathroom bill especially. But, uh, yeah, um, right. Yeah. So, so it's the first piece of it, and he's, look, he's Give them credit. They said they were going to put something out there early right. and they were going to debate it, and that's what they've done. Whether it goes any places is another question. And the local schools are looking at this and saying, you know, look, the House is spending more money with the Senate. We're with the House. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is money that we locals don't have to put up. So. Right. And what, so what's the House-Senate dynamic over this, and how could potentially, you know, a voucher bill fit into all this? Using Whose word am I using? Ross's word? Voucher bill. It's, it's kind of a side issue. It's, you know, the... 
Um, Dan Patrick has said, you know, if you do a whole school finance fix like Larry Taylor is working on in the Senate, whether that happens in this session or not, that you've got to have, you've got to include um, what Dan Patrick calls school choice um, um, in that bill. What Huberty is talking about isn't that kind of a sweeping school finance change. It's more of tinkering with the current system. And so you could argue that um, you don't have to do Patrick's bill. Patrick wants his bill to pass, so he's going right. to try to attach it to anything like this. Right. And just as far as that dynamic is concerned, it seemed the House this week was uh, pretty happy to let there be a contrast between their work on school finance and the, the bathroom bill hearing. Obviously, on Monday, Hubert had his, right. his news conference. Uh, then yesterday, I think, in, in the middle of the afternoon, when everyone was focused on the bathroom bill hearing, I think Strauss stopped by the school finance hearing. There's a you know, He tweeted out a picture and everything of shaking everybody's hands. So, right. House, you know. The House likes the image that exactly. it's focused on. Well, and, and, it's, and, he said his, and he said as much in his, his remarks right. to reporters. It says something right. about the world that we live in that we made the option, we had to, took the, 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 the option, we had the choice of yeah. live streaming the bathroom bill <laughs> or live streaming the school finance. And we leaned into the problematic end of our world and live streamed the bathroom bill. God, if you just didn't run this clickbait website. <laughs> Where are the celebrities with six toes story? Where is that? If you just give me one of those, we can then go back to live streaming school. Yeah. Don't, next week, we have the pregnant mom bikini contest slideshow ready to we go. We do? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, great. So there was this press conference that I thought was was notable uh, where reporters got Strauss to talk yesterday. And basically, uh, the, the message he sent to Abbott was what? I'm leaving. Oh, Evan's leaving. All right. <laughs> Bye, Evan. That, that, that was Strauss's message. I'm leaving. <laughs> right. It wasn't that specific. Well, you know, Strauss was asked, have you given up hope yet on uh, getting Governor Abbott to weigh in on the bathroom bill? And I think Strauss's response was, I don't, well, I don't give up hope on anyone. Well, comma, um, I yeah. don't give up hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and if you recall back to the speech he gave to the Texas Association of Business, he said the governor's opinion on this would make a big difference. And really, Abbott has not, still has not offered a clear position on the bill. He has criticized the NFL for wading into a political debate in Texas. And that has been enough for some bathroom bill supporters to believe that Abbott is on their side. But we still don't have a definitive statement from Abbott on, on where he is on this. What is he waiting for? I mean, we now have a committee substitute that's been voted, you know, out of Senate committee I mean it's a terrible vote it's I mean he's in the same place that all the legislators are you know if if this is an issue and I'm not going to put this in Abbott's mouth or anything but you know if this was an issue that wasn't your top priority and you look at it and have and your voters are here and your businesses are there you want them harmonized before you take a position because you're basically taking a position on behalf of one and against the other one and in politics, right now, you don't want to do that. Yeah. I mean, and basically right now you have the Senate versus the business community. I mean, they really went after the Texas Association of Business yesterday at this hearing. Yeah, right. Um, right. They don't like the study that TAB did that, you know, put a dollar cost on this. And, you know, there were some things wrong with that study. And But the idea that businesses are against this, you know, really doesn't hinge on whether that study was any good. Those mm -hmm. businesses are against it. And 70-something of them have put their corporate names on the on their opposition to the bill. This is, if you're looking at this from an economic development standpoint, that kind of thing gives you pause. Mm -hmm. All right, I was gonna switch topics, but there are so many people asking bathroom-related questions that I'm gonna <laughs> head back to it. Uh, question from- just Anybody, but just wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs> question from Ben. Is there data that says bathroom choice presents a danger? No. Right. I mean, they, you know, even repeatedly they were asked about this at the hearing yesterday and members said basically, you know, no, but what we're trying to do is prevent people who might abuse this law. But no, they have no actual instances, correct? Right. And, you know, one of the holes in the bill logically is that if there is danger in bathrooms, why are they only protecting people in some bathrooms and not in, you know, they would only do this in 
public buildings. They wouldn't even extend it to private buildings where public events are being held, like right. Jerry Jones Stadium during football championships. Yeah. Right. Curiously left out. Curiously. <laughs> right. Uh, question from Rhonda. Um, you know, why hasn't... Oh, I'm trying to... Uh, why has all the focus been on women's restrooms and why no talk about men's restrooms? That's a good question. Right. I mean, I think they've been sort of talking broadly about restrooms, but the focus has obviously seemed to be in, in the testimony that um, that was invited yesterday. You know, it was little girls who were coming to speak yeah, with their I mean, parents about, you know. Politically focusing on women's restrooms allows them to create more more sympathy, whether that's misguided or not. That's kind of, I think, the, why the focus has been that politically. Right. The political template for this was the Houston Equal Rights Ordinance, and the fight against that one was no men in women's restrooms. And they basically picked up the same bumper stickers, yep. and, <laughs> right. and, they're, and they're doing the same thing. Right. Uh, all right. Um, one more question back to the school finance issue we were talking about a second. This is from Dahlia. How does the school finance measure affect uh, the Houston vote on Robin Hood? Well, you know, the Houston vote on Robin Hood, you know, they've, they've repositioned this. So Houston voters in November said, no, we don't want to send school money that we collect as taxes to the state to be used in other districts. So what happens is that triggers a state law that basically would take 18 point, I think it's $18.6 billion worth of property on Houston's property tax rolls and move it to other districts where it's more favorable. Boy, we're losing members like crazy. This is like the plague. <laughs> and, and so what um, the Houston School Board has come back and said, we want voters to reconsider that vote. I think that's, that's going to be in mm -hmm. May. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if this thing passes and they lower the amount that, um, of <laughs> recapture money that school districts have to send to the state, uh, Houston's <laughs> going to be a beneficiary of that. Uh, this bill would lower it by $163 million a year. Houston's piece was 165. I don't know if it takes it all away, but it takes part of it away. So, you know, that goes forward. Let's steal Emily's phone and see if there's any more questions from anybody. Um, how does it affect? No, that's the Houston thing. I'll hand your phone back. I you think can take we're that over. All right. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you. Sorry about the cough break. I'm sorry that we've lost basically every member of the Tribcast other than Patrick today. If you have questions or comments, you can email them Tribcast at TexasTribune.org. If you value the Tribune's nonprofit, nonpartisan newsroom, please consider making a donation at support.texastribune.org. Thanks to Shiny Ribs for our music. And on behalf of Evan, Ross, Patrick, and our producers, Todd and Bobby, this is Emily. Thanks for listening. Texas talking. Texas talking. Texas talking. Texas talking. Talk about Texas talking, baby. Texas talking. Texas baby. Texas talking. Are you live now? Oh, crap.